Welcome to Art Ladders, The Creative Climb with Valerie Allen and Armin Mersman. This podcast is focused on interviews, features, and stories about art. It's for artists and art lovers. I'm Val. I'm the abstract artist in the group, joined by Armin, the realist. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Art Ladders Podcast. This is a summertime edition here at our home. We're having coffee and talking art, which is one of our favorite things to do. And this is episode 51. So yeah. welcome, Armin. Thank you. Um, well, that's how the whole podcast idea started of our little conversations that we had. Sure did. So now we continue those conversations with everybody hearing us. Um, <laughs> Yeah. So got to keep things a little safe. A little, but we we try to keep it very typical to our our yeah. talks, which at times can get a little not heated, but just a little bit of our differences coming well, through, think, and that's I, a good thing. Yeah, I think that's what you know. When you have a host and podcast, it's always going to be that host perspective, and with us two, uh, we don't necessarily agree in everything. But we can find truth in everything. I and mean, we can find truth mm-hmm. in the stuff that we might not agree with 100%. But I can always say, well, she has a point there. And I think that I hope that goes through the airwaves to you people listening. I agree. I agree. I, I really, really enjoy almost debating these issues in a way. And she does. She really <laughs> likes to debate things. Except you're really good at debating things. So I... Uh... I brought up a topic today with Armin, and originally it was called Visualizing Artwork into Existence. We've filtered that through a little bit. Now, bringing artwork into existence. Mm -hmm. And then we kind of broke it into the how, why, who, what. Well, we can't help but look at how we have uh, been as artists for all these years. You know, I've done art now 60 years. And and how did I build on that? And how did you build on that? Yes. So uh, we know two artists really well, and that's ourselves. So uh, <laughs> we do talk about how we do it, but but we think that people do it similarly. And I think uh, there, the, I I believe that's true. I think just talking with you a minute about this before we started, I realized that that my visualization process maybe is, let's say it is different than yours. It is. And when I visualize artwork into existence, I just um, really feel that it's so important to understand as an artist that you are making something that has never, ever been seen in the world. It's totally unique. And and for me, that is enough right there. Mm-hmm. Armin, you may have a little slightly different take. I agree with you. Uh, you know, every person is different. So their artwork will be different. It's just part of who we are and the complexity of our nature. Uh, everybody can try to do the same subject matter in still lives, for instance. Mm-hmm. And I've taught classes and they're all going to be different. Right. right. Uh, they, they think of them differently. They actually see them differently and feel about them differently. They want to emphasize something differently. So, uh, yes, every artist's work is going to to be different. Uh, 
And, you know, when we were kind of discussing what we would talk about today, the topic was brought up of, you know, why, why is it important for artists to create something new into being? Why is it? And I feel very strongly that artists are, uh, do this process. They can do it for many ways. One way maybe for healing something inside of them. One way may be to communicate a social practice issue to the rest of the world. Or one may be that they're they're just driven to create art. It is what keeps them very happy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you had a few other reasons. Well, I think the human being is a curious, curious being because from the very beginning, we had to be curious to survive. We, yeah. we had to leave the cave at some point and see what's out there. And pretty soon you saw plants and then you were planting plants and uh-huh. all these kinds of things. Uh, curiosity is probably the most important thing that keeps us going. Mm-hmm. And as artists as well, I'm always curious, you know, about what this is going to be or what am I going to say here? Mm-hmm. And, uh, but I don't think it's only artists that do that. I oh, think no. it's the sciences, whatever your profession is. I think you're going to be curious. How can I do this better? How can I maybe do it faster or, or whatever it is? But I think you're, you know, you need to be curious in whatever chosen profession you are. I, I agree with that too. Um, you know, you talk about different folks entering into the art world. What what creates the ideal situation for a person to wake up one morning and say, I want to learn how to paint. I want to do this. And what would could be some of those factors? We're gonna we're gonna you know move in, segue in to artists who are practicing and are established. But for the beginning artist, that initial gleam that they want to be an artist, mm-hmm. what what wakes them up to that, I wonder? Well, you know, everybody's different. I mean, I, I think they see paintings or they see somebody doing paintings or uh, and it just looks like a fun thing to do, which it should be. I mean, mm-hmm. if, it's, if it's miserable all the time, right, uh, then it might not be something you would want to do at all. Uh, it for me, it's not fun all the time, but it's always enjoyable. There's, I think yeah. there's a difference between that because I think you create problems for yourself as an artist and you try to solve those problems. I like that. I like the idea of an artist being a problem solver. Yeah. You know, an author being a problem solver. I like the idea of someone <clears throat> who may be in a different profession that in its own right, has a lot of creativity built into it. Mm-hmm. I'm speaking to the scientists and the health professionals. I'm basically talking to everybody yes. that has some creative factor in their career, wanting to pursue art, even after maybe maybe they wait until retirement. Maybe if they're lucky as a child, they were encouraged. So they kept that thread going throughout their regular careers. Um, which I think is really exciting too. Mm-hmm. But the folks that enter into artwork after retirement, they it's almost like a, a new chapter. Sure. It's so exciting to see someone enter that that chapter. Well, I also think they've they've probably thought their whole lives that 
well, I can't be an artist because I don't have that talent. And I don't, I'm not a big believer in talent per Mm -hmm. se anyway. I think there's, I think there's a, there's a, a hint of a, of a, a passion that you might want to do something like this. Mm -hmm. And yeah, you can, you can find people that are doing art at six and these are very much exceptions to the rules. Uh, They're not the norm for sure. Mm -hmm. But I think people wait because they figure they don't have the talent and, and then they find out well, it's all about work. It's about it's all about work, isn't it? It's it's you know every painting should get better, on every drawing should get better. It doesn't mean they will. No, you're gonna have you're gonna fall back sometimes too, and that's part of the process. You learn a lot from that. But I I think people wait sometime when you're busy with your career, whatever you're doing. Right, you know, if you're a mathematician, you know you might not have time to. To paint on the weekend or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. uh, if you're in, if you're young, you got your things you do when you're young, when you're middle age, you're raising a family. So it, it might not always be the time for it. Right. I always encourage people, you know, do it early, you know, find some time to do it if you're interested. Mm-hmm. In it. Mm-hmm. But that's not the way it always That's works. not the way it always works. That's so true. Mm-hmm. So so this episode, we're going to be talking a lot about artists who have been practicing for a while, how they keep their spirits up, how they keep creating, where is the um, you know, the the protocol for their for their artwork. Also, um Prolific, being mm-hmm. prolific is another factor in artists that have been working and are succeeding or even not succeeding, but are they prolific? Are they doing the work? So the how, the how, the working products process of artists. I'm going to talk to you, Armin, about you right now, your working process. Talk us through the the origin of the idea. The beginning, the excitement, the laws, the valleys. Okay, well, I I basically am doing uh, two different but related types of art. I do um, photo montage or digital montage, and and that's heading in some different directions. I'm not going to talk much about that, but let's talk about drawing because drawing has been my interest since I was a kid. Right. Now I've painted, I painted a lot. I actually painted for 20 years without drawing. So I'm very, very familiar with that. And I might go back to that too, but I'm working on a tree drawing right now. And I'm going to talk about a little experience I had the other day, just to, just to show you that you're not always going to be happy. Right. 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 So I'm working on this drawing and of course, they always take many more hours than I think they're going to do. I This is a 30 by 30 tree drawing. I thought, well, it'll take me about 300 hours, maybe 400 hours to do this. I'm a third done. I'm already at 400 hours. So that's 1,200 hours when it gets done. So I'm noodling away here, and uh, I have this passion to don't do shortcuts because it's going to get in the way of my language. That's not what my language is about. Right. My language is not about shortcuts. Uh, but I'm always figuring a way to do it more naturalistic, not photographic. I'm not interested in photorealism, but more naturalistic. And with that, I have to have a lot of accidental processes. 
But I was thinking to myself, and I got down on myself, said, you know, this is going to take so many hours to do. And, you know, close to a half a year, a little bit more. And I'm 68. You know, how many of these pieces do I have left? You know? And is it worth it? Is it worth me sitting out there doing that? And I thought to myself, well, what else am I going to do? <laughs> you know, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not a fisherman. You know, I don't, you know, I'm not a sports guy. I, this is what I've always been doing. And so I had doubts. I had doubts of where I was going. Am I repeating myself? Uh, you know, are people going to like this? Can I sell this piece because it's expensive? Uh, am I making a, you know, a responsible living at this, you know? Um, so those, those things creep into my mind, especially in the wee hours when I'm out there alone and drawing branches after branches and things like that. But in the end, I love the process. Mm -hmm. I love the process. Would I still do it if I got nothing? Yeah, it's just, I would, I actually would. Um, you know, I'm not the kind of person that says, well, I paint just for the process. No, I'm not, I'm an idea sharer. I'm a, I, I, I want to share feelings about the winter woods and the loneliness about that and the beautiful textures and that. I want to share that with people. Uh, so I'm not a person that says, I just love the process. I don't care what people think. I'm not sure if that's ever really an issue with people. I think people do care. Mm -hmm. And I like the, um, when you were mentioning, I'm, I'm, you're saying, I, I, I'm 68 and what else am I going to do? That my mind just went kind of boom. Like artists often don't really have a pension or a retirement fund to no. fall back on. Mm -hmm. You know, we we really don't. I, I find that very unfortunate that there isn't a system in place, and and maybe there is. And if anybody knows about that, I'm sure. There are programs for well, artists. people that listen to us live in different lands, and yeah, they have different. Uh, some some artists are, um, you know, more um, backed, backed, in, in other supported, supported, subsidized yeah. a little bit more. So I don't want to get into all that. Of, no, uh, I don't want to go that that uh, path either. But but it is a concern. I think the government should just see the genius I am. Yes, and pay me for it. <laughs> I don't know what's up with that. I agree, hundred <laughs> percent. Same here, but. Uh, but good. anyway, I've just thrown that out there as a topic to to think about. And maybe we'll hear from some of our listeners some ideas on that, because it is kind of a shame that we do have to worry about the selling portion of the art um, instead of because I I take a different thought process in my in my work where that isn't the like you, not the end result. Sure. If it's a commission. Yeah, that is a given. Yes. But for my work going through, I have to say in my working process, that isn't front and center yeah. at all. The sellability of the work, because the minute I start thinking sellability, I'm. I'm uh, it's not the unique existence of the artwork that I'm hoping for. I, I would go as far as saying if you think about sellability, you're poisoning your art. Yeah. Unless that comes natural. Right, you know, if, right. If you're doing beautiful flowers clicking, and yeah. that comes natural yes. and beautiful flowers sell yes. because people want to be happy from those, right? that's fine. Yes, you that's know, absolutely fine. Know. 
But the things that interest me are not that cut and dry. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I cannot think about saleability. That would be, again, I would be cutting corners, shortcuts. This is what happened to me when I made a living as a portrait artist for three years in Chicago. Mm -hmm. I was doing portraits of people that I didn't know. Uh, I was told to make them look younger and thinner. Mm -hmm. No joke. I didn't, I didn't put myself, I had to do it faster because I needed to make money mm-hmm. and it almost took what I loved away from me. And that was creating. Yeah. And I had to stop. I had to stop. And uh, I actually went and worked in a frame store for a while. I managed the store for a while mm-hmm. because I cannot do my work for a living in the sense of here's what you got to do. Mm-hmm. That's up to me. Mm-hmm. That's up to my passion, what I want to do. And if it's if it's a you know a pile of bones, that's what I want to draw. Uh huh. Right. You know? you know. By the way, pile of bones don't sell very well. <laughs> I know. I know. But yeah. To so why why do we do what we do? For me, a lot of it is a little bit of the thrill factor. The thrill factor of starting a blank canvas or a blank piece of paper or panel. And creating, again, something that's never been here before. That's a thrill. That's jumping off the cliff for me. That's a hard kind of way to get rolling and started. But each mark is so important. And there's a drive to do that. There's a drive to create all of these layers and to not judge each layer for me. Mm -hmm. I do the layer. I set it aside. I work, I work in mixed media. Yes. And I love that process. Which you don't really have, and correct me if I'm wrong, which I'm sure you will, uh, is that you don't see what's going to be on the canvas before you. you That's work. true. That is true. I don't I don't see the end product in my mind's eye. I might see the story in my mind's eye, mm-hmm. the story that I want to tell. But other than the visual image of it, I let each layer inform the next. Mm -hmm. And a lot of process painters and artists do that. Sure. This is nothing new to them. You know, you all know Rauschenberg is my definite uh, mentor, Mm -hmm. I guess. I wish I wish he was here with us now. He's here in the He's here in spirit and here in the artwork. And it it does the process, the collaborative process as well, working with with other artists is Mm -hmm. thrilling for me. Um, which is kind of very strange because when I am in the studio, I don't really, unless I ask for feedback, I don't really want the feedback. And you and I were talking a lot about that this morning. Right. Feedback. Give me your take on feedback. Uh, at this point in my life, I, I, you know, sometimes I put work in progress. Yes. Because people want to see that yes. stuff in progress. Uh-huh. And because they take so long, they like to see it build up. Uh, but I don't put it on there to get to get feedback per se, you know. I mean, if they like it, if they had a question about it, I'd be certainly the answer. But I don't really, you should do this and you should do that. Uh-huh. No, I, I don't really. You should just leave it like that. I get that sometimes. Just leave it with the white space. Well, does that block you a little bit when someone says that? Oh, it's perfect right now. Just leave it. Because that happens. No, oh, my God. I, don't do another thing. I've been thing. listening to that my whole life. And, uh-huh. uh, that's not why I'm doing the piece. 
Right. It's, it's not it's not in my planning stages. Mm-hmm. I don't I I feel like I have to not just do two chapters out of an eight chapter book. I right. have to do the eight chapters. That's yeah. what I'm there for. That's what you're there. Maybe you like the first two chapters and then quit. That's not for me. You know, mm-hmm. I don't mind people saying that. I take it that they really like it. Don't mess it up. You know, as far as feedback goes, <laughs> and during the process, if somebody happens to stroll in, see my work, and they might say something like, oh, my God, I see an eyeball in there. I see this or that. Or I think it's or I think it's perfect right now. You should stop. No, no, that's not the type of feedback I'm looking for. And it can definitely play with my mind. Mm-hmm. And I'm ooh. So at one point in one studio, I remember, I'm pretty sure I did this, or maybe I dreamed this, I don't know. But I put up one of those little construction tapes, or at least I wanted to. And it would say, do not talk to the artist. You can feed the artist, but do not talk. I think I dreamed this. Did you have peanuts there for you? (laughs) I think I dreamed it. I think you must have. (laughs) Because this is too bizarre. I I wouldn't go to that trouble. but, But yeah, do not. But if I ask for feedback, I try to, and I'm very lucky, I'm living with Armin Mersman. So I just ask him for feedback. But it's not everybody that I ask for feedback. It's two or three people on my hand here that I can run to for feedback. Do you find that true for you as well? Yes, definitely. And, uh, you know, living with Armin Mersman (laughs) obviously has two Two sides. Double, double sided. And I live with Valerie Allen. And that's so, a double So, you know, you're a well known artist, and uh, <laughs> you, you know, you're, you're uh, much prettier than I am. Oh, well, and thank so you. And so you have a great smile. Thank you. Uh, I have no smile whatsoever. <laughs> so let's get that cleared up. Let's get first. that Ready? right out of there. So, what was the initial question? What, what was, was the right? question? Feedback, well, feedback for you, your go-to feedback. Well, you know, if you want I, feedback. to be honest with you, yeah. when I used to do a lot of demos, yes, exercises, yes, I would love when people say, "Oh, that's amazing." Oh, you do like your feedback. I love that. You know, yeah. I'm a human being. You do. I do nothing else amazing. I can't spell. And so <laughs> when somebody says that, you know, that's my art form. I, you know, I, I do any more. Musician being on a stage and when you know nobody claps that they oh I don't care. <laughs> of course you care. You have something to say, right? You're right. You're right. So those of you who say I don't care what people think about my art, <laughs> the vows of the world. I think you're being just about the whole thing. Of course we do. We want acceptance. You know. You know it does help when somebody does adore the piece. I had one person say to me, <laughs> you know, I really like your technique. But why do you draw such boring drawings? Oh, ouch. Yeah. Yeah. Well, after I hit him with a stick, you know, (laughs) I said, well, that's a matter of what you think is exciting, what I think is exciting, (laughs) right? I like the simplicity of nature. I don't I don't want to go draw the Grand Canyon or anything like that. We know that's beautiful. I want to draw things that you discover is beautiful through my Mm -hmm, drawings. mm -hmm. So I had the, I had the best last of it though. Yeah, and you know I'm I'm kind of known for being a little more, uh, should I say, gentle than you are. Really? As far, yes, as far as critiques and that sort of thing, I, I get the feeling because I I can find a lot of good things in people's artwork, 
But but for me, with the feedback, I was whining about people seeing things in my artwork, you know, oh, my God, I see this or I see that. And you had a very different take on that. And I think that bears repeating right here. The human condition is that we do see things mm-hmm. like that, because, again, going back to the cave, we were they were hunting and they were looking for animals in the bush they had to look at things that moved and eyes and we are conditioned to see things. But at the same time, when you see things like that in abstraction, you're hurting your own creative response to that. Just taking the colors and the shape. If, if you see a frog, keep it to yourself. I don't want to know about the freaking frog. Oh, that's hard to say, right? <laughs> say that ten times. Freaking frog. But yeah, you know, I mean, I I was an abstractionist for for what for a couple of years, and I I sold uh, one of my abstractions, and somebody pointed out a blue chicken <laughs> in front of the new owner of the beast. Oh, that's awesome. And uh, no, it's not awesome. It's horrible. Uh, but they, they, you know, they just kind of put it aside. But I, I talk oh, to these people still, oh, and they said, "Oh, you still yeah. speak to them?" Oh yeah, they okay. still see the blue chicken in. The oh, man. You know, please, 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 if you're looking at scratch, <laughs> don't tell the artist they see something in there. Yeah, uh, we we know you're clever, and you might see things yeah. other people don't see. But please don't Especially do that. In a group of people with yeah. looking at the art, but the blue chicken people. I hope they're not listening. But if you are listening, just take it back to your roots. Take it back to a survival instinct. And you needed a blue chicken in your life at one point. So go with that. Right. But I I think people that don't quite understand abstraction think that's what they're supposed to find. You're supposed to put that Easter egg in there, that little thing in there. But we don't. We really don't. Abstractionists. It's process. It's oh. well, I shouldn't speak about all abstraction because some are very symbolic. You know, Paul Clay, there are I mean symbolism, right. symbolism's huge in yeah. artwork. But but there are people that work in process like me that each layer is completely unique. And yes, there may be an accidental process that will give you an image. And I'm not. It's just, like you said, human nature. That calmed me down quite a bit. Mm -hmm. And taking it back to the cave paintings, you know, where we're for survival, we're seeing these images. That's great. Um, But yeah, that does create a problem for me when it's brought out in a group. In my my iPhonography and a photo montage and these things I'm exploring right now, if I see something in there, I get rid of it. You know, oh, if I see something that now that's an a unique look like idea. Face, boom, gone. All you need is two dots, and also oh see a god, face, right? I'm thinking of a funny do, critique. Do you know? three dots or do one? Don't do two because it will turn into a face. Go ahead. Oh god, I remember one night. I don't know if you remember this. I'm sure you do. I was working on a completely abstracted, you know, and you and another artist walked into my studio. And I think the other artists found some sort of symbol. Oh, I, know, I, I think you know what I'm talking about. I remember who you're talking about. And, okay. <laughs> and the symbol was a very well-known symbol in culture. Uh, male-related, of course, symbol. And I'm like, what? You see 
What? Are we talking phallics? Uh, yes. Okay. Yes. Right. A very well-known art, art historical figure. And I'm like, uh-huh. what? Well, I never did get rid of that symbol. <laughs> no, actually, I think I don't like it. I think I kind of went, okay, let's that stand. But isn't that weird how things can happen like that in these impromptu feedback sessions? Well, you also have a subconscious, you know. That's as, true. As a painter, you have a subconscious. <laughs> and... Uh, you're painting things in there that you don't think over. You, you, they come in there because your subconscious mind is working. <laughs> I don't know that it has sure. to be phallic, but, but you know, but you never know. So what? You know, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I, I look at it the same way. I mean, I do let my subconscious work a lot when I do these. Uh, you have to. That's abstract or, or surrealism. That's the thrill. When you do surrealism, you might want to face in there. That's true. Right? That's, oh, yeah. yeah. But that things can be very questionable. Is it a face or is it not a uh-huh. face? But you're aware of what you No, the there. deliberate symbols. I, I love But it. I also believe the truth is with the viewer. Yeah. And yeah. so when you're hanging your piece in a gallery and the viewer sees the frog, right. as long as they're not too vocal about it, that's their truth. <laughs> or the bunny. That becomes... that. And I think it takes two people to create art. It takes the artist and it takes the viewer. Yeah. When there's yeah. a connection made, the circle is full. The That's right. That's and true. And you're not going to argue your piece. You shouldn't argue your piece. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, it's much worse when they walk by your piece and don't even look at it. 100%. You know, that that's tough for me. Mm-hmm. You know, I just go and grab people and say, did you see my piece? <laughs> no, I don't. Yes, you do. I've you seen know. you do that. I did no. that. <laughs> Okay. I'm sorry. So, you just walked by this masterpiece. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. One time I had an exhibit, and this is college days, mm-hmm. and my mom was with me. And <laughs> she said, Don't you wish you had a little tape recorder or a little voice capture situation under your artwork at this exhibit? And I, no. No. No, you don't. No. Well, I heard some funny things said it your piece over here Val and I'm like I don't want to know but <laughs> moms are like that they want to know all the feedback all the time um so motivation bottom line where does it come from for artists like you and me what keeps us going in this crazy world you know at this point in my life it's as simple as this is what I do yeah you know yeah I couldn't stop. I wouldn't know what to do with myself. I mean, I'm, you know, I don't, you know, I, like I said, and I'm not go fishing or anything like That's that. That's true. I, just kind of addressed, yeah. Built. I mean, so at this point in my life, it's what I do mm-hmm. and I'm happy doing it. It's the only time that I'm really clear and not anxiety filled is when I'm just sitting there with Jasper, uh, maybe have some documentary playing in the background or some music. And I'm just there and my problems kind of drift away for a while. That's right. You're in the moment. Yeah. You're in the flow. You're, uh, can it disappear? Can it disappear? My problems? No, the, the motivation. Not for me. No. Not for you. No. Have you ever had laws where you might not work for two or three weeks or? No. Not really. I I agree with, with Armin. I have had those laws. I've had those. Kind of uh, when I get responsibility overload or um, too much travel, because I do travel quite a bit, 
that can cause me to have that motivation disappear a bit. Mm -hmm. But the other thing is the travel feeds the motivation. Right. Because when I come back, just a simple, simple thing on a recent trip to Toronto was going through their interstate system and realizing that their infrastructure, just like in America, has some cracks and some crumbles and some beautiful uh, characters in it. Mm -hmm. And we were driving or walking actually under an overpass. And I said, oh, my gosh. Look at all this cracks and crumbles and I'm taking photographs and going nuts over People are like, what is she doing? And I said, man, this looks like it needs some repair. And my son said, well, they should just paint over it. Yeah. And I, and then he said immediately, but then you wouldn't see the cracks. And I'm like, exactly. So then we walked a little further and guess what? They were putting royal blue uh, metal I'm going to call it cladding over these pillars and with a pattern on it, this random kind of arty pattern. And so that was their solution, which is probably a good one. Mm -hmm. It'll encase the, the, the crumbling and probably get it another 50 years. But it was that uh, juxtaposition of the crumbles with the cladding. Right. So cool. So cool. And very motivating to come back and do an artwork. Addressing that right. seen and unseen type of feel. I love that. Well, you know, I teach a, a group called the Great Lakes Iphonography Group. We've had, we've been together for 12 years uh, before Zoom. We actually met now it's Zoom. But oh, yeah. you know, they're always talking about, you know, they're in this beautiful place and they're taking pictures of a piece of rust or, yeah. or something like yeah. that. And everybody thinks they're nuts. Yeah. Well, you know, one of the things about that I that I teach in that class is really see the world, not just mm-hmm. the things that I yes. told you, telling you, oh, this is beautiful. We'll right. The mountain. Right. But, you know, see things on the way to the mountain. Yeah. See things yeah. behind the mountain or whatever, you know. Oh, anywhere. Because uh, there's beauty and it, it's, you know, how many times can you take pictures of the Golden Gate Bridge, you know? Mm-hmm, I mean, mm-hmm. if I went there, I would probably take a couple of pictures the of the Golden Gate Bridge boom. to say I've been yeah. here and, you know, sure. I managed not to jump off it. But then get under it and look it, up. And yeah, yeah. Love that. So, um, you know, the creative part starts, I think, in in viewing things and observing mm-hmm. things and feeling mm-hmm. things. Yeah. Or, li- or listening to music and what that makes you feel like. Right. Or, or, or you, you see a show or... Uh, you know, you go to the theater, you go to the ballet or any of those mm-hmm. things and what that makes you feel like mm-hmm. as a it's visual all... artist, I'm not going to, I'm not going to go to the ballet and then draw a ballerina. No, but, the, but something about it mm-hmm. will, will yeah. capture your imagination. Just open yourself up to the world. Uh-huh. I went to an experimental play once and they were throwing milk at each other. Okay. So that became a very flowing abstract painting for me. Struggles that you have. Let's do some case studies. Okay. A little case study. Kind of think back to a total struggle you had with an bringing an artwork into existence. Uh, well, that's tough because well, all of them are struggles. All of them have their have moments. Struggles have their moments. But I know that's part of the process. Yes, it doesn't and scare you. It, it's just, I welcome that process. Uh-huh. Uh, do I do I not sleep as well that night? Probably. Mm-hmm. 
have I ever tried to create something that was total dog? Yeah. <laughs> and, and I know when it is and I put it away. Uh-huh. You know, uh-huh. I'm not going to, I'm not going to, if I'm five days into it and I see nothing but troubles ahead and I don't see a way out, I, I, I'll put it away. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't remember a specific thing other than when I did commission portraits that were a struggle that I couldn't get over it. Mm-hmm. And, and make it work. Mm-hmm. Now that would be a struggle. Yeah, unless I knew it in the beginning. Right. You know, I've I have created sketches and and and, and Photoshop images that I thought were really good, uh-huh. and then something got in the way, and I looked at it and I said, "Oh, I'm glad I didn't draw it because it wasn't really good." Uh huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. So you, you have to walk away. If, if you're if you're an abstractionist, you have to walk away from it for a while and yeah. see it anew the next day. Yeah. That's important. And for a realist too, you know. Yeah. I, oh I, yeah, the walk away. When I when I work on my drawing and, and I take a picture of it and I sit on the chair in the evening, I look at it and say, what do I have to do? What's not working? And I see it look differently. I see it on a, on a little box, my phone. Mm-hmm. Um, but the next day when I walk into the studio, I see it afresh. You know, you, you never see your work for the first time. Right. You know, the closest that you come to that, I think, is when you see your work in the collection mm-hmm. of somebody's or if it's in a, in, in a show it, even. With a beautiful gallery light. You know, and then Ooh. you see it anew. And sometimes. Right. It shocks. Yeah. And sometimes I get I get sad or because it's not exactly. Ah. And sometimes it has to do with the lighting, too. Yeah. Lighting is important. You know. Especially with graphite, you don't want the lighting right mm-hmm. out. You know, you want right. it off to the side a little bit. But yeah, I, I, you know, I'm never very happy with my work, and I think you know that I'm not very always very happy with that. You've got to get. I mean, really, <laughs> your work. Get over it. Get over it. Big boy, <laughs> turn that smile upside down. Oh yes. Because I, yeah. I mean, yeah, the lighting might be a little off, but don't let that throw your whole your whole reason. <laughs> Definitely. Well, you chase for perfection. You yeah. never get there. Yeah. Nor should you be. If you're a perfectionist, stop it. Uh, and uh, I always, when I get done with a piece, I'm always disappointed. Oh, I just can't believe that, but carry on. No, those people who've taken classes from me know. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And, uh, I, I'm always, I always get disappointed and I never know why I wasn't done. I wasn't disappointed two days ago uh-huh. and I had four lines left to go. And then I created those four lines and now I'm disappointed. Oh, gosh, I so hate to hear that. I, I think that's kind of a, a mental setup for me because that makes me want to do the next piece. Okay. Right. Okay, it's, so it's, that's a form of motivation. It's like a a band that puts out an album. They put out great albums, and all of a sudden, this album stinks. They have they hurry up to put out a new album <laughs> to get rid of that. And I think that's what motivates me to go on too. Is like that's okay, you know, very interesting. That's I, kind of the angst field. Oh, there's a hell of a lot of angst. <laughs> you know. <laughs> I I mean, you work under pressure better than anybody I've ever known. I I love the pressure. You do. I love deadlines. I I shouldn't say I love deadlines, but I create deadlines Mm -hmm. for myself. That's my motivation. Mm -hmm. And that's, I don't know if that's a good way or a bad way, but so far, 
it's worked for me. And that's worked a long time because I've had other artists Maybe say that it's not time. Are you crazy? Analysts here, you know, hey. say that wrong. Do what? You know, analyzing yourself. You know, analyzing myself. Right. With a you deadline. Know, why do I do this and this and that? Maybe, you know, every time you have a deadline, you, 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 you knock it out of the park. But not without struggle. No, so there's a lot of struggle. My case study is the struggle of using deadlines yeah. as as a motivator. And I don't know if I recommend it for everybody. I I kind of think it it's part of my, not my upbringing per se, but my time as a probably a 20-year-old to a 40-year-old mm-hmm. was very chaotic. And I, I think I began to like that chaotic lifestyle. And now, of course, with you, it's much calmer. Oh, laugh, laugh. Yeah, that's it. But that chaotic time period, the adrenaline that would flow is what would motivate me to do lots of different things. Mm-hmm. And so there must be a trace of that still in me because I love that deadline, but in the, about in the middle of the deadline, you know, maybe I have two weeks left in a project. That's when I get to this kind of bottom, I bottom out, Mm -hmm. bottom out. And I'm like, oh my God, well, I'm an abstractionist. That's where the layers come in. That's where I, I can say to myself after years of experience, I can make this work. Even if I have to paint white all over the whole thing, it's going to work. And it will, and I get it to work, but I never, ever paint it all white. It's the history that's important. So the marks behind it. But you're not afraid to get rid of layers. Oh, no. You're not afraid. No. To, you mean, you, you know. Or to not totally get rid of the layer, but to drag down another yeah. uh, <laughs> big bunch of paint right. over the whole thing. No. And and get rid of parts that somebody might have said before with the crazy feedback that I don't like. Um, oh, I love that part. And you're like dragging stuff over. You're dragging. Well, this you know, is the, old, this is the, old, <laughs> the old art school thing. There's only let art become too precious, which I believe, which 100 percent. I understand what they're trying to say, but I don't believe it in the sense of the whole meaning. Everything I do in art means there. It comes from my soul. It's yes, you take sense. that part, Prince, which <laughs> is true because which leads me into here we go. Okay, tips to treasure what you do as an artist. Give us some tips on how to put yourself first as an artist. You go. Well, to put yourself first as an artist, you know, the, 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 I say this to all my students. Have a place to do art. Yeah, have a sanctuary. That's not always practical, you know. I mean, when when I was in my twenties, we lived in a trailer, and you know, I had a corner that was my sanctuary. But have that sanctuary where you don't have to deal with kids and dogs and husbands and wives and and all those kinds of things, and let yourself let yourself fantasize uh, about your art and, and your vision, right? Mm-hmm. That's the first thing I say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And also have a vision, not that you want to be an artist, but have the vision that you are an artist. Excellent. 
right? Yes. That doesn't mean everything is going to be hanging in the Louvre, you know? Right, right. So what I'm saying is what you create is unique. You said that in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Everybody did this unique painting. Uh-huh. So you don't, there's no, there is no magic line when all of a sudden you're an artist. No, no. no I don't remember that. Okay. I was, I was 31. Banner I, came I, out. I also never became an artist. Mm-hmm. I still sometimes that, that word sticks in my throat when I say, what do you do? I'm an artist. You know, that's my own problems, but you know, there is no magic time when you are, or are not an artist. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a word you can't define. That's like love. You, mm-hmm. know, you can't define it. You can write wonderful poetry about it whatever yeah yeah so you know think of yourself as an artist don't try to become what your teacher is doing mm-hmm. if you have a good teacher they're going to help you become what you're going what to you do right yes they're bringing out the best in you yeah. they want they have to understand you they want to see where you're going and where you think and they help you along on their way mm-hmm. that's the way i look at it as a teacher and, and I, as, as an artist mm-hmm. um there's days I feel like I'm a hell of an artist. There's days that I'm like, I fool the world all the time. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That imposter. That yeah. We talked about up. that in the past. But we have. Then, you know. It bears repeating. And what about you? And tips that I treasure what you do as an artist for artists, I say, and you basically said it, love yourself. You are doing important work. Mm-hmm. Students of art. Artists, you know, uh, mid-career, advanced artists, you are giving so much to this world that it's hard to even put a value number on it. The world needs artists. We need people that think creatively. We need people to bring things into existence that have never been here before. It gives me chills. To think about all the wonderful artworks that have come before in history mm-hmm. that we now pay homage to. Yeah. And it definitely gives me chills. So self-love, you are doing something wonderful for this world. Yeah. So that is my huge tip to an artist. You are jumping off the cliffs. You are hang gliding over <laughs> all this territory. Mm-hmm. You are the daredevils. Yes. So just are, keep doing it. You are easy. daredevils. It's, you know, you take, you know, but make art. Make art. I mean, don't make talk art. about it all the time. I mean, listen to our podcast. Yes, of course. <laughs> while, and, you're, while you're painting. Give us comments or whatever. Yeah. But <laughs> I, what I'm saying is there's so many people that find things, excuses not to do it, whatever that might be. Mm-hmm. And we've all been guilty of that. But, you know, uh, get in your studio. Yeah. Get in your studio. studio. Love yourself. Get in your studio. Believe in yourself. Get in the flow. Just basically paint and draw and everything else. So we are so happy to have a sponsor that believes in all of these values that we believe in. Golden Apple Studio and Residency in Maine. And I'm happy to say that I'm going to be there soon. And on July 12th, I will be giving a lecture there on texture and surface using acrylic paints. This is presented by Golden Acrylic Colors, Artist Colors. So we hope you can attend. And it will be July 12th. It's a Wednesday from 2.30 to 3.30. It will be followed by a social hour where we can talk art and you can uh, meet me and we'll enjoy some time together. 
if you would like to RSVP for that event, just uh, contact Shelly Stevens at S-N-S-T-E-V-E-N-S at goldenapplestudio.com mm-hmm. and email her. We'll save you a spot. And all you East Coast folks, we would love to see you. And thank you for sponsoring us. Armin? Yes, thank you. Uh, I just want to, I'm doing a, a, a mentorship program through Masters right now. There's still uh, openings for people if they want to join it up. Just check out Masters. Masters.com. Uh, mm-hmm. And I'm also teaching a bunch of workshops in August. I'm taking a little time off. I'm having a little back surgery, so I can't do anything after that for a while. But uh, so in, in uh, keep your eye on Facebook right now. That's where I'm posting all these workshops that I'm doing. I think I'm teaching eight workshops in August in one month. So uh, these are only in Michigan right now. Yeah. But, uh, for you people in England, I want to go there and do it. We are so, going to go there soon. Hopefully. Yeah, we're going. We're hoping to go. <laughs> where are we hoping to go to? Cornwall. Cornwall, of course. Of course. Yes. Okay. Yes, you can. Uh, same here. Check Instagram, Facebook. Yeah. You'll see workshops that both of us are giving, yeah. and we'd love to have you. So, thank you, dear listeners. Thank you very much, and keep making art. Yes. Thank you for listening. You can find our past and future episodes at anchor.fm, Spotify, and Apple Podcast. Be sure to follow us on our Facebook page, Art Ladders, The Creative Climb with Valerie Allen and Armin Mersman. Special thanks to our producer, Taylor Kramer of Cold Shower Media. And check out our websites, ValerieAllenArt.com, ArminMersman.com. Stay creative, stay curious, and we'll see you next time.